0: We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Taala and we seek blessings upon the Prophet, Okay, so we've been having some discussions uh, about about knowledge, and some of those discussions are going to be continuing through to today, inshallah, and probably for the next couple of classes. So, one way we spoke about knowledge was the rasikhuna fil ilm. So, these are the people who, are, who have this, you know, who, this firmness of knowledge, as we found in IS7. And then we spoke about ulul ilm, which is uh, uh, we spoke about the people, and then in the context of justice, the people who possess knowledge. And then, how does that fit in terms of our conversations on justice? And now we're going to speak uh, even more. And so we are on ION 19. So let me open up the screen. So again, Nod, let me know you can see the, the screen. there's okay. only awesome is showing, his, has his camera on. So he gets an A plus, Okay. So, I 19. In uh, triple emphasis, a deen in the law, al Islam. So, indeed, 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 the deen with Allah is al Islam. Okay. And then, whoever parts from this of the people of the book. And so those who are given the scripture did not dispute among themselves out of mutual envy until knowledge came to them. This is something that I find very fascinating. And let me let me switch to the translations I usually pull up. And the So, let's see how they translate these passages. Clearly the recognized religion in the sight of Allah is Islam. Those who have been given the book did not differ until after knowledge had come to them due to envy against each other. And then whoever denies the ayat of Allah, Allah swift at reckoning. Okay, so the first portion of the ayat. Deen with Allah is al-Islam. And so... uh, How do we commonly translate being, we commonly translate it as, as religion, but think of the idea of religion as a modern idea. And, and so I have to clarify what I mean by this, that the idea of religion as we think of it is often this belief system a person has within the nation state structure. So we have been as religion. And so the emphasis there is usually on your beliefs, as well as how you organize. And if you think of, of our society, so ours is a, is a very consciously secular nation. But the secularism in America operates differently than the secularism in France. And the secularism in France and America operate differently than the secularism in Turkey. Although Turkey, I'm speaking especially prior to Erdogan taking power. And so if you think about it in our society, what are the big components of a religion? Uh, You'll have some sort of beliefs, you'll have some sort of house of worship, You'll have some sort of pastor type figure. Where does the word pastor come from? Well, awesome.
1: Does it have something to do with shepherding?
0: Well, I mean, that's the the meaning that's given to it, it comes from pasteurization. Okay. And so you'll have some sort of pastor type figure. You will often have some sort of holidays. You may have some sort of costumes whether we speak about women in Islam covering their hair or priests wearing a different outfit according to the seasons. But fundamentally, all the different religions in the American secular system are forced to fit the same mold. And so I want you to think of two analogies to think of the different things that we call religions. One is to think of each religion as a different type of bird. And and so one religion might be more like a chicken. One religion might be more like a peacock. One religion might be more like a hawk. One might be more like an eagle. Whichever is which, the key point that I want you to think about is that each of these birds has more or less the same features, but they are very different animals. So if you understand that analogy, where each religion is sort of like a different bird, what we're saying is that in a secular system, all the birds are forced to fit in the exact same shell. But if they were allowed to stretch their wings and those which fly would fly, then they have different purposes, right? You'll have an eagle or a hawk flying where you have a peacock who may not be flying as much, but is showing its own beauty with his flowers, you'll have a chicken, you know, which is hanging out and then providing food. But the point is that all these birds have a different function. So now let's take that analogy a step further. Rather than think of each uh, thing that we call religion as a bird, think of each religion as a different planetary cosmic uh, uh, entity. So some religions are more like a galaxy. Some religions are more like a supernova some religions are more like a solar system and and so so the point being that we commonly would say that all religions more or less teach the same thing to say that would be to say that all movies tell the same story all the novels tell the same story which if you're in the most loose sense sure in the sense of saying yeah and all novels basically have some character and some characters going through some time may or may not have some conflict, you know, by the time we get to the end. Done. Right? Or if we say all religions uh, uh, basically have the same uh, a focus, usually we fo- start focusing on the golden rule. But I'd like you to think of all these different religions literally as different or uh, interplanetary and in different, uh, um, you know, heavenly bodies. Now, when we are translating the word being itself and we're translating the word religion, they are similar. Okay. So if you think of the toy Legos, what is it that makes Legos Legos? They all stick together, right? And so part of the idea of religion is, is essentially what brings people together. And in academia, there's multiple theories trying to define what is a religion. And and all the theories have their shortcomings, but usually there is something superhuman involved. Whether it is a supreme being or whether it is just, you know, other deities or ghosts or what have you. Now, when we're speaking of Dean, really, really getting into the word Dean, we're talking about a system of interaction. And this is part of the reason why I keep emphasizing that much of what the Quran is doing is telling us how reality operates and then how to live or how to work through the operations of reality. And then from there, why I keep emphasizing that so much of this is about relationships because that is what is emphasized over and over again in, in uh, the Quranic text. So the two, as you see, uh, they are, they overlap. But they are different. Because we could argue that Christianity, according to this system, according to this definition, may not be a system of interaction in the way Islam is. That does not mean that Christianity is not a dean. I'm saying it operates differently. And take it so far... Uh, as to even address the question, is the goal, the end goal in Christianity and the end goal of Islam the same? What do you all think? Or let's make it easy first what is the end goal of, of, of Islam or of a Muslim? Paradise. So yeah, paradise, pleasure of Allah, avoiding hell, I all those things. It's the
2: same. It is
0: same. Okay. Any other thoughts? Anyone want to argue that it's not? Yeah. Awesome. Good.
1: I, I. So I think that in Christianity, God takes a much more passive role uh, in the day to day life of Christians than than what we, than the way we practice at least. I'm, I'm not sure about the goals, but it feels like if the, if the uh, object of worship is more passive, then the
2: goal must be different, right? This well, is, this is what, reason. this is, this is what we think as a Muslim. Is the Christian thing the same way? I, sorry. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, uh, Angie
0: and then Adnan.
3: Um, I was going to say that um, not necessarily end goal, but I do know that our purposes are different in our, in each religion. Like ours is Islamically. It's clear that our purpose is to take care of this, um, you know, world. And like, that's why we were created, but Christians, as far as I know, but I don't, you know, anyone correct me is not necessarily that, um, purpose they're they're um you know they i i I don't see that that's ever been like specified as like the purpose so then the goal is you know i would say some sort of like maybe reward for that purpose and then christianity i wouldn't know i would say it's different
0: okay so let's talk about uh why we are in the world, so this is related to to Angie's point. In Islam, why are we in this world? Anyway,
1: to worship.
0: Uh, even more simply than that, why are Adam and Eve, peace be upon him in this world?
4: Yeah, but don't
0: so, you mean to worship? Okay, so to, to know be, Allah, to know Allah. To be Allah's Khalifas.
3: Yes, there you go. That's the word I was trying to remember.
0: Right. Why do versus we exist? Christian- or, yeah, go ahead. Continue. I was going
3: to say versus how Christianity sees that as like a punishment.
0: So in Christianity, why are we in this world? Original sins. Yeah. <laughs> His punishment for Adam and Eve, the, the original sin, right? And and here, uh, of course, you know, we, we would have details in terms of the different denominations and sects in terms of Islam, Christianity, Judaism. In Judaism, why are we in this world
5: to establish uh, God's kingdom? Or...
0: So that would be a secondary reason or responsibility in Christianity as well, right? We're in exile same original story or to the same core original story in Buddhism why are we in this world? Buddhism there seems to be a lot more variation and then Hinduism there's even more variation because
1: we haven't achieved Nirvana yet
0: yeah We're part of the, a part of the cycle.
1: Is uh is the reasoning for Christianity and Judaism that different?
0: So it's it's essentially it's a subtle difference, right? And and think of if we were to speak of the core uh, thread running through Islam, it is what Tosif is saying, which is all about worship of Allah. And a core thread running through a whole lot of of Judaism is exile. Exile that was our fault and persecutions. And then our responsibility in the world is to return to God. And part of that is to fix the world. Hinduism, it's much harder to define because I would even suggest that which we call Hinduism um, is more a construction second of, of the uh, Their equivalent of orientalists, meaning Western scholars studying Christianity, uh, studying Hinduism, and prior to that, the Mohols restructuring Hinduism.
2: Yeah. I have a question.
0: Yeah,
2: I think you, we are talking about the Christianity today. After all those, you know, changes in the Christianity original theology, that's what okay. you are talking about. Or originally, you talked about what is the what is the difference between, or what is the end goal for the Christianity and and Muslim, or Islam. So I think at the, when they both came, they, they are the Islam on their time. That's what yeah. I was referring to. Okay, that's what yeah, I was but, referring to. But, but, I mean, you know, that's what,
0: that's but, what Jesus is teaching, peace be upon him. Right? But that's yeah. not Christianity. Okay. So then getting to the question of end goal. At, uh, verse we are covering is I 19. And So, if that's why we're in the world, Islam, Christianity, Buddhism, Buddhism, Hinduism. So, these are the big six. End goal, like we said, is... Paradise, Um, avoid hell, and higher than all that is Allah's pleasure. What is the end goal in Christianity?
5: Salvation.
0: So salvation would be the answer for all six of these. But what is salvation in Christianity? It is eternal life. Rue redemption by way of Jesus. Please be. Upon what is the end goal in Judaism? This one is harder to answer because it depends upon whom we're speaking to that for some Jews, it is paradise. And for other Jews, there's not very very much focus on the afterlife. So I'm gonna put paradise.
3: So, but wait, for Christianity, eternal life, eternal life in heaven or hell, right?
0: Well, it's, so here's where things get get interesting. the amount of detail that we have about heaven and hell far exceeds the amount of detail we have in the Bible about the equivalent,
3: Okay,
0: especially in the new Testament and especially in talking about hell. So Jesus does go to the underworld mm -hmm. and paradise is, is uh, a thing. And so, we can say eternal life in paradise.
3: Right. Because the whole Jesus died for their sins.
0: Well, I mean, speaking of it in a nice way, but yeah, I mean, but the point is that it's, it's eternal life with Jesus. Oh, meaning not as much detail in terms of, you know, the people on the other side, Okay. you know, then you have Dante who comes along and, you know, there's a whole thing about Dante stealing from Ibn Arabi, but Dante comes along and then he, as a, as a poet, he articulates this whole vision and such of uh, levels of heaven and hell which oh, looks gosh. a whole lot like ours you know okay and again this is this is all super simplistic great uh,
3: um but i think i mean are is what you're getting at that they are essentially the same then no Your i'm answering? saying
0: the exact opposite i'm oh. saying they're not seeking the same destination oh okay Hmm. Even if we're using the same words.
3: Okay. um, Hard for me to see
0: that. I'm saying, sure, it looks like the same destination. And you would not be wrong by saying, yeah, it essentially is. We're all trying for the same goal. But what I'm arguing is that the definition of the paradise or of the salvation of Muslims is fundamentally different than the definition of the paradise of salvations of the other groups.
3: Which is why from the beginning, you were saying Dean is not, or like religion's not all the same, like to say that religions- Yeah, are When all I'm different.
0: speaking of all the different religions as, as different planetary bodies. Um, okay. i saying that, yeah, they all, there's a lot of overlap, but I'm, mm. I'm suggesting no, they're not the same. And yeah, and so there's a lot of place of crossover in terms of conduct. Right, all of these call for upright conduct, and what we speak of in terms of upright conduct is very similar. How they call for upright conduct also is very different too. Anyone want to push back? You're all welcome to disagree on this too, or on any of the components of this. Yeah, awesome. I have a question:
1: uh, Are do Buddhism and Hinduism define Nirvana in the same way?
0: So, so this goes back to the point, when we speak of Hinduism, uh, uh, we often think of it as this structure with the caste system and everything. And that's there. But okay, think of Hinduism as the conglomeration of the religions of India. And there's four primary rivers that each river has, quote unquote, a variant of Hinduism associated with it. So at the very least, that which we call Hinduism is four major religions. But through imperial history, Mughals and the British, I think it's all been, you know, a lot of it has been consolidated into one thing for a whole lot of people. And I think that's probably more in urban centers rather than rural centers. And so then we really see the conglomeration of all the gods. So Islam is effectively one of the religions of India. Christianity is, Judaism is, Buddhism is. And so you have Allah, one of the gods. You have Jesus, who's one of the gods. You have Shiva, Vishnu, and so forth and so on, right? And so that really comes down to, to whom are we speaking? And in related to Malaha's point earlier about Christianity, it also comes down to uh, what uh, era are we speaking about? One of the, one of the gifts of how Islam operates Compared to, I would suggest all of these other traditions of the screen is, uh, even with all the diversity of ideas, how well it's organized. And uh, yeah, You
4: Just indulge me in a tangent, real quick, with a short real answer, quick. or you could totally not answer. it. <laughs> okay. But do you come uh, on a particular side on the um, the? Ancient scriptures and 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 the religions of India, having roots in like a primordial faith, of, linked to the slam,
0: linked to the message. I want to, God's. yeah, but I mean, beyond that, it's beyond my it's beyond my knowledge. Meaning, I would like to think of all of the the religions on the screen as people of the book, but that's beyond my my knowledge to to assert, and it would get a whole lot of pushback for the bottom two right? We definitely do have a Hadith where the Christians and Jews are spoken of as people of the book. But again, even that's Christians and Jews of 600. This is before the schism between the Catholics and the Orthodox and then before, you know, the the Catholics and the Protestants. And Judaism, most Judaism in America, as you know, is Reform Judaism, you know, which is essentially almost an abandonment of the law. And so, so, the point I'm making is that if we would still include everyone who self identifies in the umbrella of Christianity or Judaism as people of then perhaps Buddhists and Hindus also can be. But I want his best. But yeah, I would like to think that, for example, the Upanishads, you know, or something have some connection to, to, to whatever the prophet is, uh, whatever the prophet is for their generation. There is a theory. Um, that uh, it's been a long time since I've looked into it, that they are in a loose offshoot of Nuh. A. I'll show you something that's cool that is absolutely ridiculous from a scholarly perspective, but it's the coolest thing. Um, uh, see, so, what is the highest caste in Hinduism? Uh, the Brahmins. So, we got this priestly.
4: What happens if I do this? Oh,
0: Ibrahim. Ibrahim and. Again, that's more clever i think than has any sort of even remotely remote scholarly weight so again so the point that i'm raising for consideration is is in the way i'm trying to describe every religious all these big religious traditions as their own planetary bodies one is like a solar system one is like a galaxy one is like a nebula so forth and so on think of of these religions then as using a lot of the same vocabulary in English, but not necessarily uh, doing the same thing, but more in our society, being forced to take on the same roles. I mean, even at Loyola, there are, uh, you know, we'll have a chaplain aside to each dorms and I think that's how it is for, for you, uh, Tosif at, at Georgetown, and, uh, and, and so I will be the chaplain for a particular dorm, whereas this other dorm will have our, our, our Jewish life director and these other dorms will have Catholics at a Catholic university, at a Jesuit university. You know, Which especially emphasizes the point that a lot of these roles are, have been moved to become interchangeable. Uh, Stephanie said, this is also a good point because that's also one of the theories behind the name Ibrahim, that it is sort of like Abu Rahim. Or Abu Rahman. Well, it's not going to be Abu Rahim, but uh, it's connected with that. And so, absolutely. Okay. And so, yeah, awesome. It could be sort of like the the, the Virgin Code thing. So, uh, uh, let me just go through the questions, and then we'll go back to the ayah here in just a second. Can you explain the relationship between Dean as the definition you gave and the Day of Judgment? So, I feel like we've sort of answered that. Uh, awesome. Yeah, so the first being a Khalifa, okay, Dante, um, uh, and yes, Septim says, that would agree that Christians view eternal life as Jesus with Jesus as the end game. Abdullah Mirza, what about Min Ahl kitab Is that even a further level of generalization and a larger umbrella, not just the people of the book, but those who come from them? That works for me. And so how do we answer most of these questions? Fundamentally, it's the mixture of what's handed down and how many people buy into the idea. So next question, and this we've already touched upon a bit, can a non-Muslim, including any of the people on the previous screen, go to paradise? How do you answer this question? yeah sure all right okay let me let me take care of the first column okay (laughs) yes oh and then maybe so okay yes we've done that god okay uh let's see stephanie Mirza, is saying yes what else how about y'all vote how many people vote yes and, okay, and I'm just speaking of a general sense, not in the sense of you have someone who's been murdered, someone, let's say, the case is you have someone who's lived a life of 80 years old, and they die as a non-Muslim, and they've even been exposed to Islam. Oh, snap. Okay, yeah. okay, Salia, yeah, that's that's the answer for everything in the, in the entire history of the world, same with Malahat's answer. Okay, okay. Okay. Um, Imam Ghazali would give
4: seventy-five percent chance of a person to go directly into uh, heaven. I mean,
0: go to heaven. Uh, you might. of the non-Muslims. Yeah, you, you, can just a, you can throw that in Give some more here. You know.
2: Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a book. There's a whole book on that, right? The yeah. fate yeah. of other religion.
0: Okay. Okay, so let's see. So, so uh, Asim says yes, Yasmin says yes, Dawsi says yes, Nur says maybe, then says yes because we cannot limit God's mercy. Uh, yes, with Allah's mercy. Uh, Ikbal.
2: Yeah. So uh, I would add here that uh, this is a possibility where an individual may be living in the most pious of Muslim monotheistic. People and it's still that guy is not able to, you know, uh, accept Islam. Even then, he can go to, uh, he can make it. And the reason I'm giving it, he may have some questions that none of those people around him are able to answer him, and he just says, "Okay, uh, I mean, I have my reason. I didn't get it."
0: Okay, so so related to what Tosif just posted. You're saying maybe the person has been exposed to Islam, but not sufficiently. Okay. Or not uh, appropriately, or not in a healthy way. Okay. And your thoughts? Nobody wants to say no.
4: Well, I think, I think like uh, asking, "Is it possible?" is different than saying, "Like, will I don't know." Like, yeah, it's in the realm of possibility, but I think it's a different thing to reject the truth. Okay. And, and you know, go to hell than like somebody who. I don't know it just depends you know or somebody who's just trying to get close to god but doesn't do it through islam
0: okay okay
4: i think those are very different situations
0: all right uh awesome
1: um it's also a question of how we're defining
0: non-muslim right a person because... who does not self-identify as islam either secretly or openly right but but islam is uh, are we defining Islam as 1,400 years old or as old as time? Okay. Someone who self-identifies as Christian, Muslim, uh, Christian, Jewish, Hindu, Buddhist, etc. Right? Okay. Change your answer? It's still yes. Okay. Uh, Allah gave millions of loopholes to get to heaven. My answer changes to maybe if we replace can with will. Okay. If we change it to will... We'll so, if why does it change?
4: Well, that's uh, just to, we don't have that knowledge. That's certain, okay. that 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 knowledge is with Allah. He will decide. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so what is the truest answer to the question? The truest answer to the question is that Allah is going to treat everybody fairly. So that's the truest answer to the question. Uh, the answer wherever i position myself on this screen however is more of an indication of what becomes my responsibility meaning if i say no then i'm obliged to do that one i think we've already uh, we've already shared the the van example that uh, if uh, I'm walking down the street in downtown Chicago and I see a van out of control and I, in that split second, I can tell it's about to hit the people in front of me, then instinctively I will go and shout to get the people to, to not get hit by the van. I might try to pull them out of the way. I might try to push them out or pull them at the risk of my own life, or I might freeze because I'm too frightened. And that's what we do instinctively with a van. Here we're talking about hell. Which is far worse than a thousand vans. Okay. uh, Stephanie Mirza.
3: So when you asked this question, uh, I thought about your fate and free will um, that you just referred to. um, And I think our position about how we act is different than what we um, may believe to be true. Yes. So we should operate under the assumption that they're not going to go to heaven, but we have the hope that they will.
0: Okay, that worked. Anyone? Anyone else thoughts on this? Uh, I should also ask, uh, raise your hand if you have non-Muslims in your immediate or extended family. I think that's probably at least half of this class. And so, yeah, I'm speaking of this not as a merely hypothetical situation as though we're in a Muslim-majority society. I'm speaking in the context of our own family members and then on top of that, our neighbors and everyone else. Well, the point is, the point to take, uh, yeah, I do like the way that that Stephanie Mirza put it, and the point to take here is that uh, there are potential obligations that I have as a consequence of the belief. But yes, we do hope that everyone gets the mercy of Allah. Uh, Iqbal and then Asim. So, yeah, I just want to add
2: that from the Quranic narrative perspective, as a category, for example, al-Kitab or, or any non-Muslim, yes, they, they will go to go to hell. But within that individual, uh, is on an individual basis. So I just want to make that difference here.
0: Okay. everyone's going to be judged individually. Everyone's going to be judged completely fairly according to their design and their uh, knowledge and what was available to them and such.
2: But, yeah. but as a group category, it's been classified as they will be people of hell. I mean, that's what the Quranic narrative. Is.
0: Oh, yeah. this is we're going to write go back to the ayah in just a second here, Shalihya. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Um,
1: so I think one one thing that's sort of in this class that sort of shifted my my paradigm pretty heavily is is the idea of, uh, you know, that that law and Uh, theology are very small parts of practice and so you can without being a muslim you can focus on relationships and on service and justice Mm -hmm. right and so um i guess the question then becomes that without without law and without theology
0: is it a complete
1: enough picture Mm -hmm.
0: So I would suggest that what theology, the core basic theology gives you uh, is your intentions. And so so think of a couple of different scenarios. You have one person who is doing an act of service, hoping for reward from Allah, out of love for Allah's creation, hoping to avoid hell, you know, hoping... Uh, for, to the, for the pleasure of Allah, right? Any of those intentions. You have another person who is doing it because it makes them feel good or just because it is the right thing to do. And they're all, all of these different intentions I've given, you know, like the four or five intentions I give a person one, a couple of intentions of person two, they're all resulting in the exact same action from the perspective of the recipient that's all the same. But they are different. And so in theory, core theology, creed, is informing your intention. And, and so if core theology is literally just one sentence or a paragraph, that's the core of, of the sentence. Most of the discourse on theology, however, is how does everything, you know, academically uh, theoretically all fit together how does it all operate and such which for the lay believer is mostly irrelevant but it can be important in trying to figure out how to craft an Islam for everyone
3: I have to say that's a very interesting point that you're saying which makes me it's I'm, I'm probably not right but I'm just thinking that if that's the case and it's about really your intention because anybody like you said can be doing the right thing just because it's the right thing or because it feels good or whatever, like you just said. So that's the difference then in a sense to your answer. I mean, your question and then the answer of can non muslims go to heaven because a good person, a moral person, a good moral person, you know, if it's just about getting to heaven because you do good deeds, that would be, then the answer could be yes. But if it's faith and belief and I'm doing this, act because i believe in Allah and i you know submit to god then the answer could be no because you're not doing it with that intention
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yes no yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is, uh, i mean because think of uh, the scenario of someone who is consciously an atheist right and is giving the entirety of their wealth yes as a good deed okay.
3: mm-hmm. but they're
0: not expecting they don't even believe there's anything on the other side
3: they're not accepting yeah that god
0: so then, when they're standing before the day of judgment, should they be expecting any reward from mm. Allah? Mm. You now, the thing that didn't mean exist. we still hope every single person is going to receive mercy, right? But for a simple, uh, even a simpler example, suppose someone comes up to me on the street, and you know I believe I'm Muslim and this and that, and I give this person money to make them go away. That was my intention, and they go away. I've gotten my reward
3: true
0: and so so yeah so the core theology back to uh to, yeah awesome's question is it is giving you uh, essentially your intention uh where theology becomes really burdensome is when we start adding all kinds of uh further uh beliefs that a person must must have and a lot of times that is driven out of necessity so where does where does theology or this whole expansion of creed grow, it starts with Abu Hanifa. And he, he writes Al-Fiqh Al-Akbar, which again, if it was just single-space prose, it'd probably be about two pages long. Uh, but, if that, but basically because there were people in his environment who were claiming to be Muslim, who had fundamental problems in their beliefs. And so he was writing this as a response to that, uh, let's see. Let me do Mahmoud and, and then Tawseef. Mahmoud.
5: Uh, first of all, I apologize about the background noise. Uh, background noise. Uh, but yeah, just curious. to kind of like use a reference, uh, use a reference that we all know about like uh, the Prophet died on and the Prophet asked him to say, Shalom, la Allah, and he So, shouldn't this summer or conversation? As long as he or she didn't say, shalom, regardless of you, that's, that's it. They, you are going to still have to pass through hell. And eventually, with God's mercy, they might go to heaven mm-hmm. based on their action. Mm-hmm. So
4: that's what I'll show you.
0: So so the, the Abu Talib argument, um, this is a, a very, very common argument, that of all the people who it seems like they should go to paradise among the entire history of non-Muslims. Abu Talib is probably near the top of the list, if not at the top, right? Who helped Islam as much as him? Yet we are taught, Sunni Islam, we're taught that he's going to hell. He's going to have the lightest version of hell, right? And which is the lightest version of hell is that he's going to step on coals that are so hot his brain are going to, is going to melt, right? I mean, it's really, really graphic and scary. Okay. What yeah. is the what is the response to that argument? Anyone? So the argument is that if anyone uh, should be going to heaven among the non-Muslim world is Abu Talib, he's not. The response to that is that Abu Talib also received uh, uh, the best possible da'i, you know, the best possible caller to Islam in the Prophet himself, peace be upon him, with the Quran not only in his language and dialect, but literally, you know, in you know, happening right before him. And so so the argument is that so a common, you know, uh non-Muslim has nothing compared to that. See the point?
5: Yeah, makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, Allah knows best. Uh Leith. Uh yeah. So just a
5: question following up from austin's point. So so you were saying that you know our core basic theology at at the very least you said, gives us our intentions, right? Yeah. Behind our actions. So I, just out of curiosity, how does that play out with the other uh, major world religions that you uh, you kind of listed? Is it, is it kind of the same or?
0: So, I mean, so Christianity is the religion of creed, right? Uh, Judaism does not seem to give nearly as much emphasis on, on creed uh, as much as the connection to the community. And then actions of there. So Judaism is, is a lot more focused on things that we would call ethics and such. Hmm. Uh, Buddhism and Hinduism seem to organize much more differently. Okay. And so yeah so again the point i'm making is that you know uh the equivalent of abu hanifa and i'll get to you Tosif, of abu hanifa uh writing al al akbar is that he's addressing a real world situation right not a theoretical situation so it would be for example in chicago someone who is self-identifying as sunni or as shia and is then deciding that okay we have all these other people who are in chicago or are self-identifying as muslim but there are fundamental problems in their theology. And so we have to clarify Then, you know, one person can take the approach to say, well, anyone who says a Shah that they're in. Yeah. But in the case of the nation of Islam, God came in the form of the man, of a man, master Fard Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad is, was considered to be a messenger of God. There is no day of judgment, right? We've spoken about uh, the Lahori Ahmadis versus the mainstream Ahmadis and such, maybe of other groups. And so, so, uh, a lot of times these books are written to address historical realities in the moment, but then they get grandfathered in and then they become these really long uh, additions to the Shahadah. Uh, sorry, you raised your hand a long time ago.
4: No, thank you. Um, I don't know if we had this conversation in, in this class before or discussion on it, but um, I might've missed it because I missed a few classes, but in the Quran, um, Jahannam and, and hellfire is related in graphic details and it shakes you up. It, it, there's so many wisdoms behind it, and, and we know Allah is merciful. But it seems the question sometimes that pops into in people's minds is, is, is just disproportionate to the crime. So how do you respond to that doubt or that question that, 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 that comes up when in regards Mm -hmm. to these verses?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think this is, this is a really uh, important point, but it applies in both directions, right? That, uh, uh, one point, and I think you're making a really, really important point about the nature of action is that the amount of effort it takes to perform an action does not correlate with the gravity of the action. And so an easy example is one of the worst sins a person can commit is to accuse a chaste woman of being unchaste. And how long does it take to do that? That's a sentence. And, and so, so uh, yeah, that in terms of the operation of reality as being dictated in the Quran, a major point is, number one, All that is material in this world is temporary. Your actions are permanent. And then on top of that, the value of the actions do not correspond either to the amount of effort it takes to do the action or even the impact of the action or even what society regards as the gravity of the action. And some of that is known, like that has been revealed by Allah in terms of what's worse, what's better. But even though the details still, uh, when we get to the details, a lot of that is still unknown. And, and so, <laughs> so whether we're speaking of lying or murder, I mean, the first thing that, you know, there are hadith narrations that the first in the realm, so there's different parts of the Day of Judgment, you know, uh, when we're even doing the accounting. One is, you know, when we're literally handing off our good deeds back and forth to people, and then Allah is judging us, and the first thing that's going to be judged is bloodshed, and so we may assume from that that the uh, worst action is the bloodshed of another human being. Okay. And thankfully, we're still in a culture where bloodshed is still considered to be the worst thing a person can do. Right, but everything underneath that, yeah, the the gravity of it we will find out on the other side. And we may discover that there was at some level, all kinds of consequences that we just couldn't see because they span centuries as opposed to minutes. You know? So I think you're, you're, you're raising a very, very profound point about, about the operational reality according to the Quran. Asma. So I'm having a bit of a hard
6: time grappling with this concept of, um, uh you know, what we're talking about in terms of uh, the intentionality, you know, the question of if you're doing something good or something not good, like you just thought, you just talked about murder, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is the correlation only to the fact that there is a belief of God, right? Like this, the, the example that you gave atheist who does you know gives all their wealth so then th- then it's all about the intentionality of pleasing god and not about the good or bad right i'm having a hard time grappling in in my head with this yeah. because i would think the intentionality and again please excuse my human mind but the thought in my human mind goes you know well why should god really want me to believe in him god should just really want me to do good right? Like it shouldn't matter yeah. if I'm believing in him or not. At the end of the day is, is how do we spread good and not harm, right? Yeah. And so why shouldn't that get rewarded for just the pure sake of goodness? Does that make sense?
4: Yeah, and probably. so I'm, I'm
6: having a hard time grappling with perhaps my, you know, my priorities are off It yeah. isn't about good or not. It's about the heed of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and that's all that's really important.
0: Mm-hmm. And
6: what is it that you know? I, I'm I'm struggling a little
0: bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so the starting point of the whole discussion is this first part of this ayah, uh, where Allah ta'ala is saying, "In the in the Islam, in the Allahi al-Islam." So indeed, 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 the deen with Allah is al-Islam. And the rest, uh, a big part of the idea is about those who part from this and are rejectors and are doomed and such. And so we could leave that ayah on its own and say that, all right, if you're not Muslim, you're doomed. And and so the goal of the whole discussion is first to try to flesh out what we can to push back against the idea that people are doomed just because of an of of a lucky birth. Now it is entirely possible that it is at the end of the day, salvation is going to be based on, you know, the luck of birth. You know, this person is born in Islam and that's how they stick their whole lives. This other person is born in Hinduism. That's how they stay their whole lives. But what seems to be consistent throughout the text is that everyone's going to be treated fairly. And, and so then it does raise the question of, okay, what is the relationship between intentions and actions? And so, If we just go through the logical process that if I reject God, so I consciously reject God, not even I'm raised as an atheist, but I go through my whole reasoning process and such, and I rationally decide, no, I don't believe that God exists. I don't believe there's a hereafter either. But I believe that I want to give all of my wealth to benefit people after I'm gone, knowing that I'm going to be only fertilizer and I won't even benefit from it what should that person expect to happen on the day of judgment if they're saying that the day of judgment doesn't even exist and so so the point I'm raising is that it is not the same as just being a good person but being a good person is about as central as, as it can be but because intention is part of it uh then uh, it may be uh, that at the end of the day, it is all about the tawhid of Allah. But I'm sort of saying it's somewhere in the combination of the two, because the tawhid of Allah, um, if I'm a horribly bad person, then chances are I'm not going to go to heaven directly. Well, I'll give you a different scenario. Suppose we have a true believer, and meaning I'm saying Muslim, Muslim, the whole nine yards, And and a conscious atheist. And both of them are have, you know, through the course of their lives, they have gained immense wealth. And the atheist is giving all of their money to help society. And the true believer is giving all of their money in violation. They're giving all their money to help society in violation of inheritance laws. So the person who's violated the inheritance laws, and I'm saying they've done this knowingly. You know, let's say they hate their kids. You know, my kids are a bunch of spoiled brats and this is why I'm going to do this. Um, They might, uh, they're, they're basically theoretically overriding God then. And the first person, is benefiting society. And so even though they're hoping for nothing on the other side, I'm saying our hope is that they're still given the mercy of God. But the possibility is that if they're rejecting all of this, then those deeds are pointless. And so I'm saying this is part of the brutal reality of, of all these points. What do you think? I mean, so we're not going to come up with a, a clear answer. More, what we're doing is we're getting ideas and, and sort of clouds of ideas. Or we can get back to you. Uh, yeah, I'll still.
6: I mean, it's, I still have to. Yeah, I, I think I need to still work on it a little bit or a yeah, lot and, bit. Um, I'd, just I'd because say, I think it's again, it's it's about you know. It's so hard to shut off my human mind, which I mm-hmm. completely recognize is, is limited in, in its understanding Um, and, and reconcile that, even if that, and yes, I get like, you know, we pray that it's all of mercy, I get all that, but there's yeah. almost a part of me that just says, you know, no, like why it, you know, whether that person believes in God, they created a net effect of such goodness, mm-hmm. right? like. It's just—it's really hard for me to grapple um, mm-hmm. the but two that, constructs. But I'll—I'll I'll keep working on it.
3: Isn't that the point
6: of what uh, I forgot?
3: What Mahmoud brought up, like that—I mean, one of Abu the Salib. yeah, one of the biggest helpers, right? Oh. Didn't accept so, mm-hmm. well, which yeah. I didn't realize. I didn't even think yeah. about. But yeah, so I mean,
0: and uh, Saudi. It's harsh. Oh, yeah, Sadia.
4: Sorry, I forgot that my hand was raised. Um, I'm thinking, so I'll probably wait.
0: Yeah. Okay, sounds good. So, I mean, so finishing off the point, uh, where can we, where, again, do we land? We're still landing at Allah is definitely going to treat everyone fairly on the Day of Judgment. What is also interesting is that What seems to be a pattern in the text of the Quran is kufr is often synonymous with bad character. And so who's definitely going to hell, according to the Quran? Someone who rejects, consciously, willfully rejects. But even then, it seems as though there's some connection with with, uh, bad character and then hypocrite. In the hadith literature, it's a little bit more categorical outside of that, uh, regarding people of, of other traditions and such. Still, a lot of this is is a big question mark. So, and so we had to have today's whole discussion just to talk about the opposites, you know, and then we can wrestle more with the ayah tomorrow. Uh Tosi, if we're just raising your hand.
4: I was just gonna say, I did hear there was a view that Abu Talib, at least among Sunnis, that he's also not going to hell or that he's yeah. gonna be uh rescued from hell eventually, uh, and that there's a level of hell that turns green and all of that. And
0: yeah, I mean, uh, it's yeah, all of this is even when I'm calling it a Sunni opinion, it's uh, more majority opinion. And I don't know about the 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 green part, but yeah, I, I do recall. Uh, an opinion that not only did uh, is Abu Talib going to go to paradise, but that Abu Talib also did become Muslim, right? In she tradition; he became Muslim, but in majority Sunni tradition, he did not. But yeah, I want us yeah. And I also want us—the reason I asked all of us, you know, how many, you know, how many of us have non-Muslims in your in your immediate and extended families, because I don't want us to look at this as some theoretical abstract discussion. We're literally talking about. I mean, the class is about our own salvation, but we're also talking about the salvation uh, of our family members and friends. And then what it means by consequence, what we should feel compelled to do or not. Okay, we have to stop here. Uh, Lath, really quickly.
5: Oh, just, yeah, quick. So just from that um, slide that you had up regarding like what our corresponding action to be to our beliefs about whether or not a non-muslim can go to paradise. What's, I mean, so I get it. So no, then we're obliged to call them. Maybe then we would also say we're obliged to call them. What's the appropriate action for
0: yes. So if I, if I honestly believe Islam is offering something more, something better in the same way that I would call someone to a better diet, I'd be calling people to Islam. Right. If I truly believe that. That what I have, what has been given to me, is better than what you have, then I should want you to have it. In well, the same way we look at a fitness routine, a diet, a car, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, okay. very Thank good. You. Good, inshallah. Subhanakallah, humma, wa bihamdika, nashadu will la ilaha illa anta, nastakfiruka, wa tubu ilaik. Mail, tell the word you all. I actually have to, it's already six o'clock. Wassalamu <laughs> alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.